I can't, I can't go. I'm a New Yorker. New Yorkers don't say bless your heart. They say, forget about it. Get out of here. We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges, while the foolish build barriers. You raise walls, I destroy them. Let's see who prevails. Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Allow my sword to join you in the fight against evil. The world needs us to chase dreams. We have to dedicate ourselves each and every single day to this fight because I can't do it alone. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Welcome to Skiffing Fandy's Torture Cinema, a podcast where we talk about questionable genre movies through the lens of a totally arbitrary like-dislike structure. Stan Helsing, the movie's so terrible I watched half of another movie first before I realized I was watching the wrong movie. <laughs> I feel like you got the better end of that deal. I didn't. Well, because he eventually watched the other half. <laughs> and yes, the movie I watched was terrible. Oh, sad. I mean, I think that'd be amazing if one day we're just like doing a torture cinema and one person is like, have, you know, doing likes and dislikes for a completely different movie because they just... <laughs> Didn't even watch the correct one. They're just like, what the fuck are you all talking about? (laughs) I don't remember there being elves in this movie. Was I drunk? (laughs) Right. Well, the weird thing is, it took Paul halfway through the movie to realize he was watching the wrong movie. That's how shitty it was. And also, weirdly, how much crossover there must have been for him not to notice that all the comments we were making were not related. Yeah, there was enough crossover, enough. A couple of small actors just like, wait a minute, what? And finally, finally things broke at a, at, at the um, the scene with the mouse. And that's when I finally realized, oh, wait, there is no mouse. <laughs> there is no mouse in the movie <laughs> we're watching. Uh, well, there was an R movie, not in yours. Yes, exactly. Because there exactly. is a naughty <sighs> mouse in this movie. Anyway, we should introduce ourselves and talk about our drinks. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm Sean. I'm Paul. And I'm Alex. And obviously we're here to talk about Stan Helsing. A movie that is free on YouTube, legally, that you could watch right now. Is that legal, or did just someone upload? Or did just somebody upload it? And no one care. Oh, it's legally free. Oh my god. Well, they they it's still overpriced. I think it's legal. Maybe just someone uploaded it for whatever reason. How's it? It's on the YouTube Movies channel. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize. That. Wow. Which I'm gonna assume that it having 89.3 million subscribers. YouTube would not have missed that somebody had a fake YouTube account. Yeah. I mean, or it could just be that the people who made this movie are too ashamed to ever send a DMCA takedown notice <laughs> because then they would have to admit that they made it. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, though. It tells you the provider of the movie, which is Lionsgate, which is not a know-nothing movie studio <laughs> slash distributor. Oh, Lionsgate. <laughs> I expected better of you. At the very least, you'd think Lionsgate, if they were ashamed, they would have said, yeah, could you just take that part off and just say, like, we don't, we don't know. We don't know who provided this movie. (laughs) Just just be like Bob provided it from Bob Pictures. (laughs) We'll literally give you money. Here's a thousand dollars, YouTube. Just take it off. That's all. Oh, God. Well, in any case, uh, you can watch this on YouTube, so if you'd like to pause it and go watch it and then understand the suffering you were about to experience vicariously through us. Just, just don't. Just, just don't. And, and we have to, th- we have to thank our Patreon su- <sighs> subscribers for choosing this movie for us. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can vote in our monthly poll to pick what movies you torture us with. Like San Helsing. I would just like to note that Karita was really angry that it was Stan Helsing and not Van Helsing, which she thinks we are cowards for not doing, because it is one of the greatest movies ever made. I don't think it has the required IMDb score to qualify for Torture Cinema, which is anything below 6.0. Hey, Karina, we're never going to do Van Helsing because it is too objectively good. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
any case, uh, yeah, so thank you, Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash You can vote. You could also join at the $3 level and join us for our live watch slash discussions of the film, which usually happen on Friday nights. And uh, Loopy was there with us uh, and was begging us to let them go uh, change diapers instead. And we said no. I, I, I will note that I was not there for that, that live watch because I was at a punk concert instead watching Flogging Molly and Social Distortion. So who won that Friday, bitches? You did. You, you did. definitely won it. Oh, yeah. To be fair, the good company is helpful. So uh, we should jump over to talking about what the hell we're drinking before we get into synopses and then getting to our likes and dislikes. So I will go first because I promise that I picked a very classy drink for this. <laughs> Uh, it is very important that the, this drink matched the quality of the film that we picked, uh, which is that I got a McDonald's cup with Diet Coke I acquired from a McDonald's. Oh, God. Oh, did you mix something with Diet Coke? Because that always tastes wrong. And then I put uh, eight-year Bacardi rum that I got from Puerto Rico in here. Uh, I did not measure how much was in here. All I can tell you is I am definitely going to be messed up by the end of this. I feel like this eight-year Bacardi rum from Puerto Rico deserved a lot better. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got it during the uh, the <laughs> Nasfic, Nasfic, right? It's Nasfic. Nasfic yeah, yeah, this is my Nasfic. Like I paid thirty. You, you wasted your Nasfic rum on this. Look, all I can tell you is it makes a great sound. Mmm, barbarian. That's so gross. <laughs> anyway. That's what I'm drinking because, to be totally honest, trying to come up with anything that would be thematic for this movie, I think would probably kill my liver. What about you, Paul? Well, I am the designated driver of this podcast, so I'm, I'm, I am just drinking water, but I also do have ice cream because, well, I needed something comforting, and unfortunately, it does remind me of a scene in this movie, so. Sounds good. F- fair enough. And what about you, Alex? So I sort of badly overpoured a glass of whiskey, so we had something like, I, I'm, I intended to make it a double, it probably ended up being a triple of Powers whiskey that um, we picked up in Dublin, so yeah, the, the whiskey also deserves better than this. And then I will be chasing it, once I finish sipping this delicious whiskey, with a strawberry blonde ale from St. Patrick's Brewing Company in Denver. Nice! Buying local, nice. Yeah, it's got a cool logo and a bunch of strawberries on the can, so I am excited to try this one out. <laughs> after you get through your fingers? <laughs> yes, after I, I, I drink this delicious whiskey. But, you know, I feel like Irish whiskey followed by a beer from St. Patrick's Brewing Company. Appropriate. Appropriate, very appropriate, yeah. On brand. Very Halloween-themed. <laughs> we're, we're a month early. Yeah, but that's okay. It's never too early for Halloween, Sean. <laughs> Halloween lives in your heart. The- along with the cholesterol. This movie is a Halloween movie. Why? It sure is. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, dear. So, okay, Alex, it, it has, you have been designated by your own volunteering to tell us what this movie is about. So please tell us about this enormously complicated, dare I say, you know, Nobel Prize in Literature winning quality of a film. I mean, so this movie is literally a mad TV sketch. Well, I mean, not, I don't know what was in the writer's hearts, but I'm guessing it was a mad TV sketch that they decided to stretch from like five minutes to 93 minutes because we live in a godless universe of pain. And the entire thing is like a, a series of initially Vaguely amusing at times, visual comedy gags that get strung together by a sort of high concept plot that is just four teenage shithead stereotypes drive in a van and get attacked by like a bunch of horror movie references. And then there's like a haunted town and then the writers got bored and the movie ended. That is not an act. I feel like you're missing some stuff. <laughs> no, I'm really not. There is nothing else to this fucking movie. Well, he is named Stan Helsing. And there is 
a a storyline underneath all of the endless uh, gags about horror films, which seems to amount to Stan Helsing is the Van Helsing and doesn't believe he's the Van Helsing, and monsters want to kill him for reasons that seem to do with the fact that he's he's Van Helsing and he has a tattoo. I, I will point out in my defense, the entire Stan Helsing Van Helsing thing is also a horror movie gag. A very tiresome one that gets more tiresome as the movie continues. Really? I didn't know that. Well, okay then. There's literally a fucking movie called Van Helsing. Well, there is, but I didn't know there was a Stan Helsing joke. Is that... No, I mean, the whole point is, there's a movie called Van Helsing, he's a famous vampire hunter, so haha, the gag is, Stan Helsing, his stoner shithead descendant. It's just another stupid joke. Oh, you're right. Oh, this movie. They're right. They're right, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it it comes to us now to try to make this into a wondrous experience for everybody listening, which means we need to get to our likes and dislikes about this movie. And I will start by having Paul go first. And I think it is fair to say we are starting with likes and going to dislikes because that's usually what we do. Uh, and and yeah, that's what we're doing now because this movie does not deserve to end on happiness. Oh God, no. Okay, so so you, you both are going to hate me, and Sean's going to stare at me through the TV screen of of Skype for sake for for this like. No, I'm not stealing the one you're thinking because I know you. No, I know what I know the one you're probably going to go for, Sean. Anyway, the like I have is this movie is forgettable enough and so disconnected enough with its gags that. I was able to start this movie halfway through because I watched the wrong movie during the Discord chat a couple days ago and had not lost any comprehension of the lack of the plot. I was able to watch the remainder of the movie. And then when I went back to watch the whole thing, no, I was not confused at all by what I had missed in the first half. This movie is disjointed and loose enough that I was able to pick it up halfway through and not be totally confused. Which, in other words, I didn't actually have to watch the first half of the movie to actually watch, do this for Torture Cinema, but you know, so it goes. So th- that's, that's my like, that it was, it's loose and episodic enough that I was able to come in halfway and not feel like I missed anything. Thank God. I mean, I feel like that's a valid like, because it's just like, it's, 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 you know, Taking those lemons and making some lemonade, because you're just like, wow, this movie was so shit that I didn't even have to watch the first half for the second half to make sense, because the second <laughs> half didn't make sense either. Exactly. Thank you, Alex. It's such an underhanded like, though. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, the only way it could have been better is if Paul had ended it with, bless their hearts. <laughs> I can't, I can't go there. I'm a New Yorker. New Yorkers don't say bless your hearts. They say, forget about it. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, anyway, Alex, I guess it's time for you to give us your like. <laughs> so this is actually kind of a an actual serious-ish earnest like. So in this movie, in the haunted town where there is the bar that they do karaoke in, and then at the end they defeat the monsters by doing karaoke, it's it's not even as, as amusing as it sounds, just trust me. But the bar is run by this lady named Kay. And the thing is, Kay is played by Leslie Nielsen. And I'm very proud of myself that I remember it's Leslie Nielsen because for some reason I always confuse him and Liam Neeson and that would have been a very different movie. That would have been a very different movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Liam Neeson versus the monsters. I will find you. <laughs> and I will kill you. <laughs> right? There would have been like some actual forward movement in the movie. But anyway, so... Like, and, and and this is not just, like, a one-scene character. Kay is in several scenes, and it's Leslie Nielsen. And so, with the kind of movie this is, you sort of expect that there's there's going to be, like, a trans joke, right? Because yeah. Leslie Nielsen is playing a woman. And there wasn't. And they used the right pronouns for Kay and treated her like she, you know was the lady who owned the bar. And, like, considering that this is a movie where the target audience was, like, 
14-year-old boys who actually think they're six-year-old boys. I was really, really charmed by that. Now, I have complicated feelings about it because I still feel like there was something of a meta joke, you know, that the movie was making, if if I dare give it, you know, the, the cachet of saying it might have made a meta joke about something where they're like, oh, well, we're going to play it straight that Kay is a lady, but everybody knows in the audience that she's played by Leslie Nielsen, so, you know, we're going to trouble that. But it was never made into a trans joke in the movie. And that was the low-hanging fruit I was really expecting them to go for, and they didn't, so I was weirdly charmed by that. That's completely legit. I mean, they... They have lots of other very, very questionable humor throughout this movie. <sighs> and that was one thing that they didn't actually go for. And it, it was surprising. I was waiting for it. Yeah. It's like where you're expecting to get hit and then nobody hits you. <laughs> yeah. That was something, too, that I know when it first came up, my first reaction was, oh, no. Because this movie, in a lot of other ways, and we'll get to it because I'm sure at least one of us is bringing up some of the really offensive stuff in, that's in this movie. Uh, this movie does not seem to pull a lot of punches when it decides to punch down. And I really was expecting... Oh god, it's like wall-to-wall bro-gay jokes. It, lots of that. Lot, uh, I, yeah, so for me, the first reaction was, oh, they're for sure gonna just have lots of, like, anti-trans jokes. They'll maybe put in a lot of, like, jokes about drag and all that stuff. But I was kind of a little bit surprised that... Well, obviously, the film wants us to laugh at the idea that it's Leslie Nielsen playing a woman. The, 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 like, in, in the sense that because of the scenario, right? But the jokes about the character, like, are not about that, that it's Leslie Nielsen playing a, a woman or that Leslie Nielsen is just, like, that's literally meant to be a woman in the, in the scene. It's more about, like, the, the situation, right? Like, it's this sort of crabby, sort of lady who runs this this bar and the jokes are about like the crabbiness they're not really about the fact that like that the characters don't make a joke about the fact that it's that that this woman looks quote unquote like Leslie Nielsen uh so i'm trying i'm like trying desperately to say what i mean while also not accidentally doing the very thing i was afraid this movie was going to do which is really difficult because this film desperately wants to be offensive at every turn but yeah, like, they, they respect her pronouns, they never misgender her in character, and I was like, holy shit! Right? Like, what, the, you would think, for sure, this film is just like, oh yeah, just fuck up, we're just straight up going for just mis misgendering, and like, like jokes like, looks like a man jokes, and all kinds of shit like that. Because just the number of, like, low-hanging fruit jokes this this movie makes. But for some reason, they don't go there with this. And I don't know why it's confusing. What's going on? It's like the the one offensive box they didn't tick. I mean, th- theory, since, since Leslie Nielsen is the biggest profile actor in the movie maybe he said no i don't want i don't want any jokes about that against me and they said okay that that it's a reasonable theory i mean yeah i mean i I would love to believe that in my heart because because i want to believe that leslie nielsen's a good dude yeah i I think that's half half what i'm thinking hoping and thinking in that well maybe maybe that's what exactly what happened and maybe we just got lucky and dodged a bullet on this one yeah i was i'll be honest i was surprised that leslie nielsen agreed to be in this movie because very quickly, Ooh. this movie descends into the darkness of the worst kind of comedy. Actually, oddly enough, given that there is a member of the SNL cast in this, very weirdly uh, a topical given <laughs> given certain recent history involving a certain new cast member. <clears throat> I mean, I don't feel like Leslie Nielsen necessarily takes himself so seriously that he thinks he's, you know, above certain shit because, what, he was in... Scary Movie 3? I know. He was in one of them. I can't remember which one. It, it was whichever one had was the, the knockoff of The Ring. He was in 3. Yeah. So, I mean, he was in there as the president. Like, it's not like that movie was some kind of great classic of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, oddly enough, the the creator of this film was the producer on the first Scary Movie, which was successful. Al- although, I will admit, it probably does not hold up. Okay, uh, this is the part where I'll admit that I actually really like the scary movies because they're just really dumb. And <laughs> yeah, there's like some bad stuff in them, but like they keep the gags moving well enough that they're they're pretty snappy and they're fun to watch. And I actually enjoy them. I don't like number two very much, but um, 
Yeah, I actually, they're they're my, I just want to watch something dumb and stupid and silly and I'll put them on, so. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, well, we we do probably, we got to move on. Uh, But I guess it's my turn to say a like. Yes, you have to come up with a like. Okay, so I will say this, that uh, my like is that for a very brief moment in time, I thought this movie might be good. How long was that time? About two and a half minutes. If you count the opening credits, maybe five, because the opening credits at least take up, like, I think two minutes of time. Uh, And that is because in the very beginning, the jokes I thought were, like, pretty funny. Yeah. Right, there was the joke about the, the ring joke, where, like, people were returning copies of the ring. And then they just would fall over dead. I thought that was, that gave me a good chuckle. The guy wearing, um, uh, uh, what do you call them? Maxi pads, basically, where he was using them to absorb things. That was fucking hilarious. And he called them lady diapers. <laughs> them lady I diapers. actually laughed my ass off and so did Karina. <laughs> and he's wearing them, right? They're like stuck to him because he gets, he gets splooged on by a giant cockroach. That I didn't quite understand, but whatever. I was right? very confused by that. Yeah, I, I, it must have been a reference to some movie. I, I just didn't get it. Uh, and then even the part where he answers the phone, because he's working in a schlockbuster, uh, and he answers the phone, it turns out it's his grandma asking if they carry porn, and he's giving the names of the porn movies. Oh, that was funny, yeah. I thought that was funny, too. That's all in, like, the first maybe minute, two minutes of the, maybe three minutes total of the very beginning of this movie. And that was a moment where it was like, you know, this movie may not be great, but, like, if it's making me laugh, maybe it'll turn out to be good. And so that beginning part, I legit enjoyed it. I thought it was quite, quite hilarious. The jokes were funny. It was like, oh, I'm totally in on this. Uh, so that's what I would say is my like, is that for a brief moment in time, I thought it was going to like this movie. No, I, I think that's fair. Like, uh, when I was watching it, probably because I am way more into just shamefully terrible comedy movies i actually probably enjoyed like the first 20 minutes i think where it finally lost me was the extended doobie smoking scene where i was just like "Ugh, come on but um actually no i I even thought the the bit with the serial killer was actually really funny and, and then it just lost me after that because then that was the point where they ran out of jokes yeah so is anyone gonna talk about the doobie smoking scene as they're just like I don't know, I was going to play see what was, you know, available when it was my turn, because there is just so much to dislike. Okay, well then I'm just going to talk about it right now, just briefly, uh, which is that I personally hated that scene because, it, to me, the whole time I was like, oh, the only person here who's who's ever smoked weed is is the, the actual guy from SNL. He's the only one who has any idea what's going on here. Uh, because the rest of them, I was like, do, do you know what weed, like, how weed works? Because they would get high and they were like smoking it, but there was like no smoke going on. And they were like sucking the air like that was how you got high. And then they got really high all of a sudden. And I was like, it like takes a second, guys. Like, you, like I've seen pot smokers. Like, it's not instantaneous, right? It's not like getting like an injection of morphine and going, oh, like pretty quick. Like, I've seen potheads. Like, it takes a little bit. The mechanics are wrong. Right. And it, and so for me, like, I kept watching this scene and going, I, it's really sad that I have to critique the degree to which they don't understand what's going on with what they are supposed to be putting into their body. I will admit, though, at least the, the doobie they were smoking was massive. And so props to that. I feel like, obviously, this goes to the movie's target audience of 15-year-old boys who think they're 60, they're six-year-old boys and no doubt smoke marijuana. Is there anyone who is not a pothead that thinks marijuana smoking jokes are funny? No. Like, anymore? No, I think maybe in the the 2000s when it was still very illegal, like, maybe it was funny? Yeah, because it it was, like, taboo? Yeah. Yeah, when when it was uh, not uh, legal in any any sense, then then it was kind of funny. I mean, going all the way back to, say, Revenge of the Nerds. And then yeah. Jason goes, that's the first movie I saw where there was actual pot smoking. I didn't quite understand what was going on at the time because I was like 15, but yeah. I also, like, I thought Harold and Kumar go to White Castle was really funny too. But that was also not a, like, tr- uh, you know, an attempt to find humor in the act of smoking weed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just very strange. But, you know, I, I, I guess I had to go for the low-hanging fruit. But it was very boring because it takes, like... Oh, God, it was It so feels boring. like forever. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, could we just get to the next gag, please? <laughs> Actually, can I throw in, like, a little mini-like? Yeah, go for it. So, and I'm not even sure I can explain why. I actually really liked Mia. Which one was Mia? <laughs> the one who's meant to be the dumb blonde character. Yeah. Okay. And and I think it's just, like, the actress, Mia's actress, which I at one point I had her name pulled up and now I've I lost that tab. But, like, I mean, as far as, like, playing it straight, she, she was, she was killing it. She was good. <laughs> I would say she was very consistent in the character she was playing. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I felt like, of all the characters, maybe it's because she was so consistent that she was the one where her jokes actually hit. And maybe that's why I liked her, because she was the only one that was actually funny. Interesting that you would say that. Huh. I mean, because most of her jokes are come across as they're, they're meant to be, like, she's saying things that she probably shouldn't say, and that other characters have to react to because it's like, oh, that's like, you do not realize what that was about. So, like, the one joke that's coming to mind is the, uh, when they ask what she does for a living and she says she's a, massa- mas- a massage therapist, uh, and I, but she used to be an exotic dancer. And then the other character says, like, what's the difference between that? Like, aren't they basically the same? And she's like, no, like, one is where I dance naked and one is where I give hand jobs. Yeah. Everyone else is going, like, oh, okay. Like, do you not realize, like, that? Because she doesn't seem to realize that what she's saying might be bothersome. But at the same time, I guess, like, she's also kind of okay with all of it i don't know it's i'm I kind of thrown for a loop about her character i guess yeah because it's basically she's playing someone who has no shame and i know the movie is like oh ha ha look she's too dumb to have shame but in a way i found that kind of refreshing because she was just like you know oh yeah i will be extremely frank and and in a way unsexy about sex you know yeah i give hand jobs okay and i found that really <laughs> amusing yeah I could see it. Okay. I mean, I can also understand why people would have serious issues with her character. Yeah. I, I was more, more, uh, um, and it might be my dislike. I haven't decided yet. The way she was treated. And I'm thinking yes. of the particular scene where I, I came into the movie the first time. It's like, oh, come on. Really? Yeah. That's not the scene where, where she gets looked at through the peephole, is it? No, it's okay. the scene with the mouse. Well, because it oh. feels... Oh, God, yeah, no, that, I... Mm-mm. Yeah. But, like, it feels like, you know, it's 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 another one of those things where within, you know, just within the movie, kind of like with Kay, where I was like, for the most part, you know, her her weird frankness about everything and her delivery really worked for me. And you can tell the movie really wants you to be like, oh, the joke is her. But it, within the movie, it feels like she is making the jokes. Or at least that's how it felt to me, maybe because I was so desperate to find something to like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Oh, man, you're making me think a lot now about this darn movie, which is not what I think we <laughs> anticipated we would ever get to do. So thanks a lot, Alex. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I I don't know. You know, it's also probably a symptom of, of how much alcohol has been imbibed at this point but yeah you know mini like i actually really like mia i don't know (laughs) in vio veritas Mm -hmm. all right well i guess that gives us the the opportunity to switch over to probably what we really have been desperate to talk about which is all the ways in which this movie is actually god fucking awful it is i have described it as possibly the most offensive film we have ever watched for torture cinema yeah. Uh, not because it's bad. We've watched a lot of really bad films that were just offensive because they were bad. But because this film is actually legit offensive. Uh, and so, with that in mind, I turn to you, Paul, with your first dislike, but don't take mine. It, it would be hard for me to take yours because it's just, just a target-rich environment. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I found so much to hate and so much, so much of the offensive comedy to make me cringe or scream or yell. I almost have like a spin a dial to find out which one I'm going to pick on. And I'm going to land on the church. Oh. I <sighs> hated the way they treated the characters in the church. Let's see. I mean, ticking off boxes for pedophilia and making fun of gay sex and 
and the and the priest. It's like, and they just kept slamming it on and on and on. It's like I couldn't get wait. I couldn't wait for them to get thrown out of the church, which which is a funny joke. Like you're the only person I've been thrown out of a church. It's like ha ha ha. Like yeah, I'm glad because it was like from the moment they get in there and they meet that almost a priest. So when they kicked out, I was like cringing and watching it. And I watched that twice because that was in the second half of the movie. So I got to watch that. <laughs> you for poor the, bastard. <laughs> for the, for the, for the, for, for the discord. And then I got to watch it again when I decided to rewatch this movie from the start is like this, this scene offends me on many levels. I'm a lapsed Catholic as many listeners know. And so I was, so, so my Catholic upbringing did kind of uh, kick in is like, dear God, this is, absolutely offensive so i am totally on board because that that whole scene was one of those where at this point in the movie they've done some really offensive jokes that i didn't find funny i found them just really disturbing and this is a moment where it's like oh no you guys are not gonna go where i think you're gonna go and then they had the two people making out and i was like oh okay well maybe they'll just like have like a bunch of gay priests and they'll just leave it at that and they'll just be gay priests and whatever and It'll be sort of like, uh, like in Tropic Thunder. There's the sort of that the the fake trailer for the one movie, uh, with the the um Robert winner Downey of Jr. the Golden character. Monkey, right? Winner of the Golden Monkey, right? Where it's uh, <laughs> Tobey Maguire and and Lazarus kissing, right? And it's like, oh, forbidden love, and it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe they're going there because this is 2009 when this comes out, so maybe that's where they're going. And then I saw the altar boy, almost priest, and yeah, I was like, oh no, oh no, no. You're not going there. You're not. Please tell me you're not. You're just going to skip this. You're going to trick us like you might get there. And then the joke will be something else. And then they go there. And I was like, no, why, why, why would you do this? Just leave it to the two, two people kissing around the organ. Like that would have been perfect. Like we could have just stopped there. Oh, and it just, it just goes there. And then the later scene when he rips his clothes off or his, his, his robes off and he's wearing the like pink lingerie. Yeah. And, and oh. It, that would be not so bad if not if they weren't intending it to be like oh but it's also because he's a sexual deviant if they were just like uh-huh. oh no, he just likes wearing lingerie and like that's like he's just like really into it and everyone else is like going oh well like, good for him kind of like the Leslie Nielsen character you know I'd have been like oh that's great like cool like they're just kind of owning it but no it's meant to be like we're supposed to be grossed out because he's a sexual deviant because priests are sexual deviants and it's like well maybe the oh just nah. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, Alex, if you have anything to say, because I, I could go on forever. I mean, and perhaps this is a reflection on deep flaws in my character, my problems with the movie are not really with how offensive the jokes were, because I think it's, you know, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, it's one of those movies. I am not the intended audience for this. It's, you know, obviously they're trying to, to hit the the... 15-year-old boys who think that homophobia is funny, etc., etc. Like, I I think having watched enough of these kinds of movies, I've de- I've developed a just sort of, I don't give a shit because feeling offended by it is a waste of my energy because the movie wants you to be offended. And I am not in the habit of giving morons who don't know how to write the pleasure of my offense. So in a weird way, it didn't actually bother me because I was just like, well, you know, I went into the, the Baskin Robbins outhouse with 31 flavors of shit. And here's the 31 (laughs) flavors of shit. You're going to give me on my shit cone. That was what I expected. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I can, I can understand where you're coming from. So, yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that other than, yeah, you know, a lot of the jokes were offensive, but, like, have you seen this fucking movie? Of course. it's There's not going to be anything in there that isn't juvenile and pathetic. Kind of like Silence of the Hams, which is the movie I watched for the first half. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it has even a lower Rotten Tomatoes rating than this movie, if that could be believed. Which is why I didn't realize I was watching the wrong movie halfway through, because it's even worse. Damn. 
And listeners, no, I don't want. Uh, I don't want you to put that on the poll. Don't vote for that if it ever comes on the poll. Jen, don't put Silence of the Hams on a torture cinema poll. Please, I will walk. I mean, put, put it on the what poll. I'm going to say here, listeners, is if you want an actual interesting podcast to listen to, never vote for a movie like this again because we'll literally just have the same discussion over again because all these movies are the fucking same. Oh yeah, so anything in the sort of scary movie variety is probably yeah. going to lead pretty similar places. Where, where it's sort of like, you know, Meet the Spartans, where it's just like a collection of supposed jokes that are, and I'm using air quotes here, even though it's a podcast and not a visual medium, so you can't see <laughs> me, but they're parodying other movies. They're all the fucking same movie. They really are. It's just some of them have better comedic timing than others. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that that's probably where I would we'd have to separate is like some of them are, while they may not age well because the joke's the comedy sort of shifts and changes over time, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but some of them are, like, you could see, like, oh, there's some some cleverness in here because they're doing parody, and it, like, yeah, it's a little bit obvious. Or, like, that's a really cool visual gag. Like, you know, yeah. I will never honestly get over the, the moment in Scary Movie 4 when the, the giant iPod stands up, and it just says tripod, and then it starts playing comma chameleon and then it flips over <laughs> to kill all humans like i find that fucking hilarious because <laughs> it's really good visual humor i think sometimes they can be but i think the problem is that like you get it's almost like watering it down where like you do this this quote-unquote formula a bunch of times and then eventually the people doing the formula are like running out of the gags they can borrow from and so it becomes sort of watered down so like mm-hmm. yeah the first like, Scary Movie, I feel like, is the, the pinnacle of that, like, mid to late 2000s uh, parody of the horror conventions that follows in the wake of Scream, All right? But eventually we just get to the point where it's like, these are just getting us so absurd. I mean... Well, and, and, and there's that weird thing where Scary Movie 1 only kind of really worked because it was a parody of Scream, which was itself a horror parody of other horror movies. Right, like a super self-aware horror movie. It was very meta. Yeah, and then, so after that, it becomes just sort of like photocopying a photocopy, and it just, you know, after a while, it just doesn't look like anything. Yeah, that's a much better metaphor for, yeah, photocopying a photocopying, or like constantly copying and recycling a file, like eventually it just gets corrupted. That's way better. That's better than anything I said. So you get an A plus for today. Excellent. Yeah, that's very important. Well, I guess this leads us to you then, Alex. Like, what's what's your actual dislike? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I'm not really going to go there with any of the jokes because all of the jokes are fucking stupid. But what else did you expect, right? Um, Mostly, so my main complaint is that, oh my god, this movie was so boring. It was so, so boring. And it's mostly, you know, like I said, for about the first 20 minutes, I was like, you know, I can turn off like, all of my higher executive functions and find some of this amusing, you know, other than, like, and now we're going to spend five minutes smoking a joint, and then we're going to spend, like, two minutes having an extended, like, poop sound effect thing that made me long for the uh, the good timing and, and charm of Beethoven's Christmas. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> for the most part, this movie's entire problem was that they ran through all of the really good gags that they actually had in about the first 20 minutes you know like there was kind of like the amusing visual gag where they had their kind of send up of pinhead and you know some other stuff like that and they had all the shit at the at the the blockbuster ripoff and all that and then uh and then um the thing with the honestly like i said the the bit with the hitchhiker i actually found that really fucking amusing too but it's like (laughs) after that they sort of ran out of gag types to do and they ran out of jokes to make so they just started sort of recycling all of their gags and at least in the earlier scary movies they had come up with enough plot to sort of weave it all together and give some variance to the gags like um again i think it's scary movie three which actually might be my favorite one where it's like the teleprompter gag where, where the, you know, there's, like, nonsense getting written on the, the, the teleprompter, and the, the news anchor is reading it, and it's pretty funny. But, like, they <laughs> didn't have enough plot to give them new, new fuel for new gags, so it was just the same shit 
over and over and all of it went on too long because you could tell they were just desperately trying to make this thing 90 minutes long. And then by the time you get to the end and we've regurgitated the gag about Stan Helsing and Helsing at least six times, (laughs) then it's like, oh, well, I guess we've hit about 90 minutes, so Stan should, like, defeat the monsters or something, but we don't have a stunt coordinator budget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And it's like... It's like you could you could actually see on the screen the scriptwriters, and I'm being very generous by calling them that, just running out of gas and kind of being like, oh, and then some stuff happens and it it's over the end. Goodbye. It's it's one of those truisms of writing where if you are not interested in what you are writing, then the reader is really not going to be interested in what you're writing, and you can tell that the scriptwriters were fucking bored. <laughs> well, by scriptwriters, I think you just mean Bozanga. Yeah. I, I think Bozanga is the only writer, but I, I'm honestly not interested enough to double-check that. But Bozanga definitely was the, the primary in all respect for this film. And I just want to note that Bozanga, after making this film, appears to have fucked off from the world. Uh, because oh, good. he or they has not made anything since 2009. There's nothing on the IMDb page. So if Bozanka is making anything, it is not being recognized in any capacity as a film. I mean, so this film basically ends with the, the muffled whimper of a writer-director choking on his own attempt at having a career. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Even the bloopers in this fucking movie are so oh, stupid. Right? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, there can't be bloopers, right? There's no bloopers. And then I watched them, and I'm like, bloopers are meant to be funny mistakes that happen. Like, they're they're meant to be, like, so, like, I watched Rush Hour 2 recently, and it's, like, one of the bloopers is literally Chris Tucker cannot say gefilte fish. He can't say it. Like, and he is constantly going, what is it called again? And it's whatever the person, like, either the director or some other person, like, with the script, just saying it and getting increasingly more annoyed that he can't say gefilte fish. He can't fucking say it. And that's the blooper. And you're just watching, like, this ridiculous scene of a grown-ass man can't figure out how to say gefilte fish. And that, to me, is amusing because it it just is. But this, like, one of the bloopers is, like, just, uh, what's-her-name, Mia... Presumably giving a lap dance and saying things that have nothing to do with the movie. That are not funny and are totally forgettable. Well, because the thing is, even a blooper reel requires somebody who has a sense of comedic timing to edit it together. Yeah. And obviously, anyone who had a sense of comedic timing was absent from this film. (laughs) On all, all sides. And I mean, this is the other thing I I will just note, because it is part of my extended meta dislike, is not only could you tell that whoever wrote the script was bored and just didn't give a shit anymore by the time they got to to page 90, or I would say page 80, maybe, probably page like 65, but like, you could just tell the the actors were fucking bored too. Oh yeah, they're not having fun. Yeah, they want they want to be done. Even even poor Keenan Thompson. Yeah, oh, Keenan Thompson deserves so much better than this shit. I mean, to be fair, Keenan Thompson has been phoning in his entire career since Good Burger. So yeah, every time I watch Keenan Thompson on SNL, I'm just like, why are you still? You're, why are you oh, still here? Is that why they kept making burger jokes at Keenan Thompson? I think they mostly did it because they're meant to be fat jokes, but it may also be a reference there. I guess that's possible. Like, that's, like, assuming some cleverness that I just don't think is present. So I just want to think that they're just fat jokes. But if they are good burger jokes, that would become a like for me because at least it's a reference to something that I actually enjoy in life. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Oh, God. We're just digging. We're digging desperately trying to find something salvageable from this. (laughs) This movie is just such a limp, joyless experience. (laughs) Limp is a great way to describe it, too. Yes. Excellent use of adjective. Yeah. So that's my dislike. Your turn! Oh, Christ. Well, okay, so my turn. I know, I I gotta bring us home. And I'm just going to say this, that this is, I think, the most racist movie we've ever watched for torture cinema. I I was f- 
fine when it was just the main one of the characters was like i came dressed as an indian and was like all right that's just some stupid white shit maybe they'll challenge it because there was a moment when keenan thompson's character says well actually the correct term i think is native american which was like oh like so there's a little bit of weird self-awareness here and i was like oh, all right well maybe this would be fine but then we get tons and tons of just like very overt anti-native jokes and even one of the characters who turns out to be a peeping Tom, is native and is meant to be native. And they they make it into this big, super creeper narrative where he's like wanking and watching people through the beehole, which I guess is supposed to be funny, but I I just didn't get it. And then he gets arrested. Well, uh, stereotypical native music is is playing in the background. Don't forget that part. Oh, I I I forgot that. I know you wanted to block that from your mind. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, Christ. Yeah. You're welcome, citizen. This is super anti-indigenous in a, in a lot of ways. A lot of the, the racist jokes are almost explicitly about that. There are a few jokes that are about black people, but they're mostly sort of like the low hanging fruit of the sort of horror joke about like, ah, black people, if they were in horror movies, this is what would really happen. Right. Which like, we've seen that joke like a hundred times and like Dave Chappelle's told that joke in the, in the past. Uh, and all of that, like, they're sort of, like, really easy, simple, like, stereotype jokes. These jokes, though, are not just stereotypes. A lot of them are just straight up punching down at Native peoples, and it really started to grate for me, because they weren't, they, they weren't necessary. Like, they're, they weren't connected to any of the horror tropes that they were making fun of, and so they just seemed like they were mean-spirited for the sake of, like, let's just make fun of Native peoples. Uh, I would have much preferred if the jokes were like tied to clear analogs from horror films because there are tons of that in here. Uh, it just would be better. So I just, yeah, I just got really fed up pretty quick with a lot of the, the racist jokes uh, against indigenous peoples, which is for me was like, I just, I think maybe was an end point for me that I, I guess I am definitely not going to ever be the audience for these films anymore because that's not, that's just not something I can put up with in my cinema. I mean, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not hip with the youth. <laughs> I just feel like if your target audience is like shithead 14-year-old kids, I don't even know if they'd find that kind of racist joke that funny. Like, they're more likely to be like, oh, dicks, <laughs> it's a penis, it's so amusing. Well, like, that's what you would think. Yeah, yeah, who's the target of these jokes? Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it depends on where you are, but... Like, most of the jokes, I could sit there and be like, I understand why they are making this joke, even if it's really, like, a bad joke or a not funny joke or a punching down joke. I understand why their their obvious target audience, who is, you know, presumably yelling the, the, you know, the F word while they are playing, you know, Call of Duty with their friends. (laughs) You mean Gamer Gators. Yes, Gamer Gamers. (laughs) Yeah, like that, I, you know, most of these jokes, I was like, I totally understand how this would be funny to their target audience, of which I am not a member. But like, yeah, especially the native jokes, I was just like, who is this fucking joke for? But that's the thing is like, there are certain segments of like the white population that certainly would find these jokes funny, but there's... They're not the largest majority that I... Th- maybe I'm just really overestimating my own people. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't seem like those would be the majority because I feel like a lot of that super overt racism has to come from people who live near reservations because for whatever fucking reason, white people get more racist if they're more exposed to Native peoples. Well, Minnesota has had a long history of problematic relations between the Native American and non-Native American populations. Well, and and I wonder if that kind of goes back to, like, Ibram X. Kendi's thesis from Stamp from the Beginning, where it's like, racism, you know, is really caused by people seeking it as a justification for societal imbalances, as opposed to the societal imbalance itself creates racism, if that makes sense. So in in that in that way it would kind of make more sense if you know that he's just being like saying shitty racist things because he's like trying to justify to himself the way the world is. Maybe maybe that's where that's coming from, yeah. I have probably had too much to drink to express this concept 
fully or appropriately, I would suggest that everyone just read Ibram X. Kendi's book because it's really good. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair. This is a weirdly not as a funny of a of a torture cinema as I think that we normally do, and we, I think we it's went just... to interesting places. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think it's it's that thing that David said once about like you know any movie done badly can become a comedy. And you can say really funny things about it, but a comedy done badly is just, it, it isn't a different kind of comedy. It's just bad. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that, yeah, that is, that's accurate. I take no credit. That was David. David said that at some point on some torture cinema, and I don't remember which one. I, who even knows? He hasn't been on a lot of them, so maybe it's been a while. Uh But he, David Annadale is right. Which is the thing that I say far too often because he is far too often right about things. I will just say this as a small like. Uh, this movie overall, I think, is just a travesty and shouldn't exist. Uh, even just, I mean, it's a trash fire. Yeah, even the the Michael Myers wearing a yarmulke thing. While I wanted the laugh, I was like, oh, but that's probably no. But I will say that the yeah. karaoke bit at the very end, <laughs> oh, God. where they were singing uh, jokes about like that the songs they changed the lyrics. So like one of them was like YMCA, but it was about Stan. They were gonna kill him. Uh, yes, I thought was funny, but also really terrible and then i felt really bad for all the actors because they had to learn the song well enough that they could lip sync to it <laughs> and do the choreography yeah but at the same <laughs> they, they they put a little effort they had to put a little effort into that and i got to give them props for that so i will join you in that like that that was kind of funny because when i was watching we were thinking like okay the monsters are going to because i was like well that's pretty okay the monsters are gonna win this and they're gonna have to run and yeah, that's not what the joke didn't decide to go for. That they decided, like, oh no, we're just going to have the monsters uh, go back on the uh, on the rules. That that was where like the script just entirely gave up. Yeah, yeah, it couldn't follow through. But I have to say that also part of why I left is I have an in joke among my colleagues here at BSU, which is that uh, when he went uh, this this last March when we went to Lutzen and uh, Duluth to go skiing. Uh, I made this joke that uh, when people said YMCA, I would, no matter what the context, I would do the YMCA, like, hand gestures with my arms to the point that it started actually annoying members of my group. And that is now part of the in-joke is, is other people, when they want to be a little bit irritating, will say, hey, Sean, what about that YMCA? And then I will do the YMCA. And so every time <laughs> they kept doing it, I was like, YMCA. <laughs> Be careful, Sean. Don't, you'll, you'll get dunked into Lake Bemidji if you're not careful. I'm just going to say that my heart goes out to these actors because I, too, as a freelancer, had to work an unconscionable amount to polish a turd because I needed a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely, for a lot of people, this was a paycheck. <laughs> I'm going to pour one out for you guys. So much so. Well, okay. It is time to get to our final thoughts, final grades. Let's try to be reasonably brief about it, uh, because, you know, that's the smart thing to do. So, Paul, give us your final thoughts, final grade. Go. Well, like I said, this movie was terrible enough that I was able to come halfway through and not really be lost by the movie. Unfortunately, this is, this is worse, the worst torture cinema movie I have ever seen. This is worse than Earth Saves Christmas. This is worse than Mazes and Monsters, the movie that broke me. Wow, you went on a rant in that movie, though. I went on a rant in that movie because I was just so angry about this movie. This movie is just, like, terrible, and I didn't want every moment watching this was a moment taken away from the sands of the hourglass of my life. (laughs) And so I'm going to give it the same grade I gave those other two movies. I'm going to give it an F-. And I defend that grade to the death. (laughs) <laughs> to the death, Paul. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. All right, fair enough. All right, Alex, what about you? I mean, I already said this movie was boring. It was a five-minute SNL sketch that they tried to stretch. And it was, if as a five-minute SNL sketch, it also wouldn't have been funny or particularly interesting. And then they stretched it out to 90 minutes. And it was, it existed. Um, some actors got paid and they were able to pay their rent. Uh, I mean, there's, there's not even anything particularly to set it apart from other offensive films because it's just trying. It's not even trying. It's, it's, it's just sad. That's what this movie is. It's, it's very sad. 
I actually don't feel like it's the worst movie I've ever seen for torture cinema, just because I actually laughed several times during the first 20 minutes before it got sad and boring. So, you know, I would still, as as horrible as this is to say, I would still rather watch this movie again than Krampus the Reckoning. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, God. Because at least this, everybody looked like humans, and, you know, <laughs> the the starring role wasn't played by an Ikea cup rack. Oh, <laughs> God. Fair. Fair. Oh, so, we forgot Krampus. Oh, that movie. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 my, my, yeah, I might have to rebuild. I, I feel like an F minus is still very fair because I think that's what you gave Krampus to. Yes, yes, I did. Just because you, you literally can't give it a lower grade. There is no G. <laughs> no, F minus is the lowest. G for good lord, what is this? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, actually, I'm just gonna give it an F instead of an F minus because I liked Mia. Fair enough. Alright, well then it comes to me. Yes, comes to you. To salvage this and give, figure out a way to give this an A minus. No, I'm not gonna do that. Not happening. <laughs> no. 100% absolutely hated this fucking movie. Uh, I won't say I hated it the way I've hated other films because I feel like this film's effort levels was far lower than, than some other films we've watched that have been really like, terrible. Like, it wasn't even trying. Why should you? Yeah. Th- yeah, and th- that's part of what I hated so much, is you just didn't give a shit, part of my language. It was giving the same effort that Keenan Thompson has given his entire <laughs> career since he became an adult. Uh, which is the absolute minimum possible, uh, and, and that's not, just not enough. And I, I yeah, so I, I found this movie at times, there were moments where I was like, uh-huh, that's funny. And then there are tons of moments when I just was cringing nonstop. And for that reason, I just can't give this anything better than an F-. minus Because this is a film that, even though I am technically still watching it as we as we record this... Sean, why? Why do you hate yourself? I, don't, I mean, I don't have the sound on. It's just the screen. So it's actually marginally better with... Why, Sean? Sean, why? I'm going to say to you what I say to my cat, <laughs> who, who who is known for being not very bright and licking his own butthole. <laughs> I just want you to make good choices, baby. Yeah. I always do this, though, when we when we re- watch movies. I, I, I know. And I always am like, why? Because I might forget things, okay? But it would be better if you did. I want to forget this movie, Sean. I want... I want you to forget this movie, Sean. I can't, okay? When I drink, stuff happens to me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's an F- minus for me. It's it's a terrible movie. Uh, I would only inflict it upon people I don't actually like. And so for that reason, people who don't listen to this show, you all should watch this. I mean, the, the really sad fucking thing is the the standard of human being that you actively dislike would probably enjoy this movie. You're right. God's gift of the rice? Yeah, I think he. I think he would like this. May he burn mm-hmm. in hell. Oh God. Uh... So, so our average is just above an F minus. I mean, I think you should just fairly, ra- you know, round it down to an F minus. We just put it as F minus ish because it's still an F minus, but it's got a little bit extra for it. So, thanks for that, Alex. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you saved it from the absolute possible worst rating just by a smidge. It was no Krampus the Reckoning. <laughs> there was no Sprite in there from the game Doom. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So, oh, God, help us. All right, folks. So thank you, Patreon supporters, for picking this movie for us. No, fuck you, people. Burn in hell. What? No. Well, burn in hell, but also thank you for voting you know, and helping us to pick these movies. I mean, we do literally do this to ourselves. Uh, if you are interested in supporting the show or getting involved in all of our stuff, Easy way to do that, you can go to skiffyandfanty.com and you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. We have a newsletter, which is skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter. We have a booktube, which is youtube.com slash skiffyandfanty. Uh, you know, you can you know review us on the iTunes. That would really be helpful, please. Uh, yeah, there's lots of ways you can support us. Follow us on Twitter at Skiffy and Fanti. Follow Alex at Katsudan Burry. And follow uh, Paul at Prince Justin, but with a V instead of a U. And that that's yes. really all I got to say is that this and, is over. And follow, and follow Sean Duke at just Sean Duke. That's S-H-A-U-N-U-K-E. Or what I like to say is the correct spelling of Sean. Well, you know, like Sean of the Dead. Yeah, see, that movie's actually about my, my real life. It's an autobiography. That explains so much. I mean, how many of us can say that the movie version of us was played by Simon Pegg? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. 
right? Yeah, I got it going for me. Yeah. So anyway, on that note, uh, I guess we got to like end this awkwardly. So I would just say that I am now currently watching a doll played by a grown ass man being thrown around like a football. Sean, turn off the movie. And it's it's weirdly arousing. So turn off the movie, Sean. I can't turn it off. You didn't make it awkward. You just made it gross. (laughs) And on that note, awkward ending and scene. You're welcome, citizens, I guess. If you would like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or find us on Twitter at skiffyandfanty, our webpage skiffyandfanty.com, or you can even send us an email at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The intro music for this podcast was taken from Rock Thing by Creo. You can find out more about their music on freemusicarchive.org.